Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have Jocelyn. I how's your how you say your last name? Kellner? Did I say it Kellner. right? Yeah, Kellner. Yeah, Kellner. Okay. So Jocelyn and I went to Mercyhurst together. We had some mutual friends. Um, we didn't really talk that much while we were at Mercyhurst. No bad blood or anything. Just you know, we were a little <laughs> bit ran in different circles. But um, mm-hmm. having some mutual friends and seeing what she's been up to and she's been doing between you know. Living in New York City, moving out to Carolina, starting her own little side business. Uh, I wanted to get her on here. So, Jocelyn, how are we? Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is my first podcast. Um, So, like, I'm a huge podcast junkie, and I've been trying to get on them for so long. So, this is amazing. Are you a little nervous at all? Um, I mean, it's kind of just like talking to a friend, so not really. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it is definitely weird hearing yourself being recorded and then the thought of being recorded you're like it adds like a little extra like nervousness for some people yeah yeah I could see that so for people that are listening that didn't go to Mercier's or aren't friends of yours or just don't know you at all like who are you um so I'm actually from Olean which is like a super small town like south of Buffalo um and then I of course like met you through Mercyhurst but um after Mercyhurst I went off to New York City for my last year of school and then lived there for a couple years um and I studied fashion so I kind of worked in the fashion industry in New York City which is like everyone's like dream in the fashion world um but it wasn't like exactly for me so then I moved down to North Carolina a year and a half ago um and along with like working a full-time I started this little side hustle called Golden Chic um, and I sell prints of my graphic designs. I sell hand paintings of like dog portraits. Um, I take random requests. And most recently, I started creating apparel um, that's kind of focused on people's hometown. Most popular one is Buffalo because that was the closest to my hometown. Mm-hmm. And did you study? Did you study fashion when you were at Mercedes? I did. Yeah. So I was in the fashion mer- merchandising program. Um, And then we had that three-in-one-year program. So you do three years at Mercyhurst and then your last year at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. Um, And with that, you get a bachelor's degree and an associate's degree all in four years. So it's like a a really good deal. And it gets your Mm -hmm. foot into the door in New York City. Yeah. Now, before we get into like what the experience like was at New York City and stuff like that, with your side business, which we'll get into a little bit later, was that always something you had a dream about doing or you wanted to do? Or like what initially sparked that, like, I don't want to say inspiration, but what sparked that like idea of like, I would love to do this one day. And then obviously, as you learned more and, you know, matured and grew a little bit, then you finally gained enough courage to actually be like, fuck it, I'm going to just do this, even though I have another job. Like, where did that initial (laughs) idea come from with you? Yeah, so I think I've always, like, wanted my own company. Even when I was, like, starting to, like, design and, like, do art in high school, I could just never picture myself working for someone else. I just always pictured me running my own company. So I think, like, Mm -hmm. that's just, like, in my blood. Like, my dad has his own company. So, like, I think I just, like, always saw that. And I was like, yes, that's what I need to do. Um, And so, like, ever since I got into college, I just kept thinking, like, okay, like, what am I going to do with my own company? Like, what is it going to be? For a while, I had a dream of like my own athletic brand, um, but that's like such an oversaturated market right now that I kind of had to shift gears. Um, and just like even after college, I kept thinking like, okay, I'll get some experience, but I still really want my own company one day. I just like couldn't figure out exactly what. Um, and I've always been super artistic, like very creative. Um, so like it just kind of happened one day that I had a job interview when I moved to North Carolina. 
and I needed to like build up my portfolio. So I created this Buffalo print. Um, it's literally like the outline of a Buffalo and then inside it is like the city of Buffalo. Um, and I was like, I can't believe no one's done this before. It's like so, so creative, but like, so, you know, just natural to Buffalo. Um, so I did it for my portfolio and then I was like, you know what, let's just put it on Etsy. Um, and now it's my I sold it 600 times now. I didn't even know. I'm going to be honest with you and don't take this the wrong way. I didn't even know that those paintings were done by you because <laughs> I kept seeing them. And I am, I'm, I don't really, like, I've never really been into art per se, but like, as of recently, like, I'm thinking like, how cool would it be to know for people that I know to paint something for me that I think is like really like detailed and like really cool. So I have a couple other friends that are doing things for me that I'm not going to say what they are because I, (laughs) I I don't know if it's like, I don't think it's an ego thing, but I like having like pieces of art or even like certain clothes that like are one of one where like no one else has it. Yeah. Um, It says so much about your style, like having something unique. mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, like, I never, like I said, like, I, you know, I didn't know you that well, but like, I never, when I saw the paintings at first, I was just like, there's no chance that this girl's doing that. Cause I was always, I was always of the mind that if you were that talented, you would be putting out, putting it out, like in, like almost to the point where you're shoving it down people's throats. And like those paintings are very like subtle and like, kind of like only if you were looking at your page, you would come across some type of thing. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with working a full-time job still. Like, Mm -hmm. I think if I wasn't, it would be, like, all over everyone's feet every day, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm not a Penguins fan, but that one of uh, where it's, like, the Pittsburgh Bridge, the skyline, and then it has, like, Crosby and a couple of the other hockey players. I was like, this is sick as fuck. (laughs) Like, I'm not even a Penguins fan, but this is dope. (laughs) I know, Um, that's the biggest feedback. It's like, I'm not a Bills fan. Like, I'm not from Pittsburgh, but I love the stuff. So, like, it's definitely a goal to just expand to, like, all the cities. Absolutely. And so, you know, getting right into it with you being in New York City, was was that just somewhere you wanted to be because it was an easy transition um, going to fit or like how did exactly did you end up in New York City? Yeah. So, I mean, my last year of school was there um, and I honestly hated New York City when I was there for school. Um, We were in like the middle of Manhattan, just like not a great area. Like it wasn't like an actual campus feel like Mercyhurst. And I don't know, like, it's just, like, such a hustle and grind. Like, I was working so much, and I was like, I just haven't seen the good parts in New York City. I've gotten screamed at by homeless people. Like, the subway train was horrible, so I was like, I don't know. But then I was like, you know what? I need to give it another chance where I'm not working my ass off and going to school the entire time I'm there. Like, I need to give it another chance where I'm, like, enjoying it. Um, So Mm -hmm. I started applying for jobs um, before graduation, and I ended up getting one for Nike. So it's it was called Head at Brands, but they did the children's wear design for Nike. Um, so I got a, a job as a design assistant for them. How, how was that? What was that like? So everyone's always like, oh, my God, for Nike, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it was cool to be exposed to that brand and see, like, how it works. But because it is such a big brand, you have absolutely no creative freedom whatsoever. Like, every day was kind of boring for me because I just kept doing the same things over and over again. And, like, I did exactly what they told me to do. So, like... It just, like, wasn't a good fit for me, but I did love the company, and, like, I made some lifelong friends there. Were, how are you, because I always wonder this with certain people, how, because I have friends on both sides of the aisle, how are, were you able to, you know, like you were saying, you were doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you weren't allowed to be creative, 
how did you keep yourself from falling into that trap of like, I am not good enough or my creative side isn't there yet rather than being like, okay, I know what I want to create and being a creative. That's the best part is that you can create anything that you want. And once you put it out there, you, who knows what, who will like it and who won't. Cause I have friends that are like, Oh, I'm going to listen to the big company because they know what they're doing. And then I have other friends that are like, fuck the big company. I got better ideas. I'm going to just do me. Yeah. So I, I totally get that feeling. And like, I kind of feel that more with my current job, but with Nike, it wasn't even that you had any any creative freedom as all. It's like, okay, put this Nike logo right here on this shirt, and then that's it. Like, there was, like, no creative freedom whatsoever. So, like, I didn't even, like, get discouraged because I couldn't even put my designs out there at all. It was just kind of, like, basic grunt work, really. Um, mm-hmm. But I did see, like, the higher-ups, like, you know, they had a little bit more freedom. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So, like, I still kind of have the dream one day, like, say my business, like, doesn't take off to, like, work at the Nike headquarters in Portland. Because that place is, like, heaven on earth. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures, but it is unreal. I've only seen, obviously, uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later, Drake's music video was shot there. And then... Yeah. Uh, they do the seven on seven with like the top football cr- recruits in the country. They, it's like a little uh, two hand touch, like flag type thing. Um, yeah. That's always on ESPN. So like I've seen the campus before and I actually have a buddy that's out. He's not in Eugene, Oregon. He's out in Portland, but he's uh, toured it and stuff. And he said, it's not, he said, he said, you, you don't even feel like you're, you feel like you're on another planet. He just said like the technology they have and just like the way the campus is laid out and everything. He said, it's just yep. unbelievable. Yeah, people take golf carts to get from one building to the next for meetings. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, literally, it's almost like the Apple campus out in Cali. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, so how did, so, you know, Golden Chick, so, or Golden Cheek, my bad. How did it's that good. start? Did that, did that, you start that when you were in New York City? Or was that something that once you got to meet uh, California? not California, Carolina, you started? <laughs> I wish I was in California. Um, So what happened is, Basically, I was like not moving up in my job at Nike. Um, so my lease was up. I was sharing a one bedroom apartment with three girls. So I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I love nature and stuff. So my mom lives down in North Carolina. And I was like, I'm gonna go stay with her for like a month and just like apply for jobs everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So it did, it did take like a month until I started like getting interviews. And like during that month, I, I'm such a workaholic that I was like going insane. So I just started like creating like random art pieces and stuff. Um, and that's when I started creating like my first pieces for Golden Cheek. Um, and then I ended up getting a job in North Carolina. Um, it was working for a wholesale clothing company. Um, it was like a marketing manager position. So it was like a really good position. I learned a lot that I could actually use towards my company at Golden Cheek. Um, so then when the pandemic hit, we got furloughed um, and I had no idea how long I'd be furloughed for. So I was like, you know what? Like if I'm going to start my company, now's the time to do it. So I just started putting like everything on Etsy and like created Instagram and just like went full force with it. Um, But unfortunately my furloughed, well, fortunately as well, my furlough only lasted two weeks and then I was back in the office because like they really needed me. Um, Mm -hmm. So like it, it was a side hustle pretty much the entire time. Like I only had two full weeks to like really put my full effort into it. Um, so like, I know like one day when I can put my full effort into it, like it's going to be pretty amazing. Of course. Yeah. Some of the TikToks you've made, the Instagram reels and stuff like that, the, the uh, that's why I messaged you and was like, damn, you got some of this stuff in men's. Cause like, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would, I would wear some of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of it is unisex. Like my ex-boyfriend. 
and so like that's the thing is just like i wasn't i wouldn't even reach out to you if i i would never like i'm not the type to just be like oh i think what you got is good and then like be like nah i'm just fucking with you i don't think it's that good i would never do that like if i message you about it i sincerely mean it but when you say workaholic what exactly does that mean to you because again i have friends on both sides of the aisle where they just want to do their 40 hours clock in clock out enjoy their weekends Mm. do whatever the fuck they want but then there's people like you um me and other friends that i'm not going to name because they've always have been like don't name me on the podcast when you talk about this shit is (laughs) they 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 want to be able to have something of their own they want to build something of their own but they understand that that may take you know not going out on weekends for a couple months or that may take a lot of sacrifice and sometimes they're like you know what I don't know if it's actually going to work out in the end. So I'm not even trying to make that Mm -hmm. sacrifice. I'm just going to go the safe route. So like for you, where do you get that sense of like work, work, work? Is it just you believe in your vision that you have for the future so much or you Um, just don't want to be under someone? I've just always been this way. Like even in high school, my job at CVS, like I would just put my full effort into whatever job I'm doing. Like I've just always had that drive in me. Um, But like even for example when I was in college like taking full classes I think it was like 18 credits almost every semester I also was the assistant manager air apostle for 30 hours a week I would nanny two hours every day after school and I would work at the the rec gym and there was even a period where I also worked at David's Bridal so there was one point where I was working four jobs while in college so like I just always hustled so hard just just like you know because like I had to pay for college on my own Like, I had to pay Mm -hmm. for all my own bills, my own rent and everything. So, like, I was like, okay, if I don't hustle, then, like, where am I going to live? Like, what am I going to do? So, I think Mm -hmm. that kind of helped. Like, I was, like, upset at that point because I was like, everyone else's parents is, like, paying for their college. Like, this isn't fair. But looking back, I'm, like, so glad it happened that way because it did give me this drive and this hustle and this worth ethic that, like, you know, has brought me so far in life already. And, like, I know it's just going to help in the end. Um, yeah, like, like you said, like you do, you have to like stay in some weekends, like you really have to just like, you know, grind away. And like in college, I, you know, people would be having block parties Saturdays, like, and I'd be working a 10 hour shift, you know, like I missed out on so Mm -hmm. much in college that like that kind of sucks. But I would still like go out, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, maybe Sunday night, like, I don't know how the fuck like, I guess when you're 20, 21, like it's so much easier. But yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna miss out on the social party either. I'm still gonna go out with my friends, <laughs> and then I'd wake up at 8 a.m. and go to work. Like it was insane. <laughs> well, I think this. I have a theory. Like, I don't think Erie and Mercyhurst are real places. I think that, <laughs> like, once you once you step foot on Mercyhurst's campus, or even as soon as you see like the sign that says like Mercyhurst and like you're getting off the exit I think like once you you enter like another dimension because I was <laughs> when I last was talking to Jesse or even times I talked to the boys and I'll look back at like old snapchats or old videos of all of us and I'm just like I, I, that like what the fuck like how how did you do I don't that? know I think that was like a simulation like that wasn't real no exactly and it's funny too because I've had buddies um visit visit me at Mercyhurst and they say the same thing they're just like dude what the fuck was that place and I'm like I I don't know like (laughs) they the first time my buddy Nate came up 
he was like, yo, he's like, uh, I'm going to come up for the entire weekend. I'll be there Thursday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'm Oof. like, okay. He's like, how much money should I bring? I'm like 50 bucks. He's like 50 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, bro, if you spend more than like $10 on drinks in a night, like you might need to go to AA. It's that cheap. <laughs> and he, and the first night we went to Plymouth. Um, oh my God. We're at, Plymouth Thursday. Yeah, the, yeah. First night we're at Plymouth. We're sitting there at the bar and it was super packed and we're trying because it was right around exams. So like they had the NHL playoffs going on, the NBA playoffs, and yeah. he was trying to order he was trying to order um, beers and the lady was like so swamped and she just had like a, a, a case on the bar and she's like, here, just take this. It's on us. And he's walking around <laughs> Plymouth with a case. And I'm like, hey, bro, I told you. He's like, uh, he's like, do you know her? Did you set this up? Like and then no he Friday way. night. Friday night, the stone, and then Saturday, docks and all that. And he was yep. just like, bro, he's like, I don't even tell people about Mercyhurst because I don't think they would believe me. I think that they would think I was just making shit up. It's unreal. Like, I I didn't even realize how good the prices were until I moved to New York City. And it's like, this beer is $10. This used to be $1 at Plymouth. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. That's how it was when I was in Boston. When we were, uh, we were at the Harp, which is right across from the Garden. Um, game seven of Cavs Celtics and even then like on Patty's Day like a Bud Light was like 15 bucks I'm like yo Ugh. what the fuck I'm, I'm like at Mercier's this I know at Mercier's this is like a dollar and a quarter like what the fuck <laughs> we were so spoiled but also like no wonder we were all alcoholics like how else was that gonna turn out yeah no and it, it made it fun because it, I felt as though like at, even if you weren't friends with someone or didn't know someone like that everyone come like nighttime was on the same page that's so true. Like, we were all going to the same places. Yeah. And it was like, hey, like, we're all getting fucking annihilated. We're all going to have a good time. Like, you got your people. I got my people. It'll be fun. <laughs> and that's, like, the crazy thing is, like, like you said before, we didn't know each other. But, like, I knew you, like, because of mutual friends. Like, Mercy Harris, you just know everyone. But, like, in a good uh-huh. way, you know. Like, you never yeah. like, see a strange face exactly that's like and that's the thing like I asked Jesse I was like yo you think if I reached out to Jocelyn she'd be weirded out and she was like no she'd love it I'm like all right cool because I don't really think I've ever said more than five words to you at while we were at school together I was trying to think if we ever had a conversation and like I can't remember like maybe drunkenly but I honestly cannot remember no I yeah I honestly don't think either but I mean hey but that's that's what's cool about podcasting (laughs) right (laughs) love that social media the, the positive side of social media so back to you working, you doing this side thing, how, how are you able to manage your time working full time and then obviously managing a social life and building a business that you want to come full circle and be a full time gig for you eventually one day? Yeah, it's um, not easy, that's for sure. But I think like the best advantage that I have is I'm a morning person. So like what I do is I wake up at, and go to a CrossFit class at 5am every day. So, like, that gives me from 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. to get my shit done, either, like, around my apartment or, like, for my business. So, like, all those reels you see, like, I film at 6, like, because that's just what works for me. I have my energy then. And then I'll go mm-hmm. into the office and work until about 7 p.m., sometimes 8 p.m. Like, I work pretty long hours for my current job, too. It's not just a 40 hours. It's usually, like, 55, 60 hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. And by the time I come home, I'm, like, so exhausted that, like, I would maybe, like, put in like a couple orders and get those packaged up um and then I go to bed at like 9 30 like that's how much of a grandma I am now um but honestly it's just like utilizing that morning time like you can be so productive when no one else is awake you know 
And then like on the weekends, like even this morning, I woke up and went to a 7am CrossFit class. And then I worked until our phone call right now. So it's just like utilizing what free time you have and like trying to limit like Netflix time and stuff like that. Um, and then just like kind of planning time with your friends. Like I don't ignore social time at all. Cause I think that's super important for me keeping my sanity. Um, like mm-hmm. I'm such a social person. If I'm not out there socializing, like I literally go insane. So like, just like trying to plan something for like Friday night, Saturday night, or just like, even like I have friends that I work out with and like, that's like a good social time, but like not wasting time with the same thing. So like, you know, it's just, it's just really planning and prioritizing like what's important right now. Um, it's, I don't think it's going to sound crazy to you, but just for like people listening, I wanted to ask you and pick your brain on this. Um, for you getting up at 5am and working out, it it probably, a lot of people probably are like, you're smoking crack. Like what is wrong with you? I do, (laughs) I do, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And I feel as crazy as it may sound. I mean, you already said it. That's when you have the most energy. I feel as though that like days I don't do that. I'm super sluggish, but days I get up early work out. And then it's like six, six thirty, and I'm just eating breakfast. And I already did. It's honestly like the hardest thing you're going to do all day is sweat waking up early when you won the sun's not up and you really don't want yep. to, and yep. you're cozy and you're getting yourself to do that. And then busting your ass in the gym, then, you know, you got a good workout in and you're like, fuck, I, the hardest thing I did all day is over. Now it's six thirty, yeah. and it's That's weird because feeling. it's it's weird because it's like you didn't even have coffee yet but you're like ready to run through a wall and then you have more energy for the day yeah and you have more energy for the day and it seems like people like are just like yeah no that's not for me which it, it's not for everyone but yeah. how how more productive do you feel when you do that versus the days that you you know not that you sleep in but days that you don't get that workout in because for me when I don't in the morning I feel like a fucking bum Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I feel so sluggish. There was one day that I even just slept in one hour and skipped my workout. And I felt horrible the entire day. Like, I rather have five hours of sleep with a workout in the morning than eight hours with no workout. Like, that's how much of a difference it makes. And like, I always Mm -hmm. say this to people who think I'm fucking crazy for doing this. I was like, it's hard to get up no matter what time it is in the morning, unless you're like sleeping in on a weekend. It's hard. So like, might as well, you know, just do it earlier take advantage of that time and like that workout gives you so many good vibes like I know it's like proven to give you like good hormones and all that and like like you said I don't even have a cup of coffee until 9 a.m and I have the most energy like I've ever felt it is it's crazy and like I think like also like because I do crossfit classes with other people like socializing that early too like definitely helps as well Mm -hmm. do you um feel as though it like helps you with your business at all yeah so like that may seem No, it definitely does because I think I've had my most creative best ideas when I'm running or like working out and like even just like the classes I go to, like the connections I make, like that people are like, oh yeah, yeah, like I totally buy your stuff. Like, oh, you should talk to this person. Like they'd be a great connection. So like it definitely helps. Like and also it keeps like my routine on track, my schedule on track. Like if, like I said, if I just slept in an extra hour, I probably wouldn't work on my business at all in the morning. And then I'd come home, I'd be too tired. And like, it would just never get done. And like, that did happen for a few months because like, I just wasn't in this routine yet. Well, it also didn't help that I like broke my wrist snowboarding a few months ago. So like, I was kind of in this slump. And like, you probably like didn't see anything posted for me for like a couple months. But now like, I'm getting back on track. And like, it's feeling so good having this routine in place. 
Yeah, no, it's it's weird because like I had uh, I talked to a couple of buddies that I played lacrosse with at Hobart before I transferred to Mercyhurst, and they were all saying how like when they were playing lacrosse at the time, um, we would have. I mean, uh, every school does it, but even at Mercyhurst, we did where we'd have like five a.m. practice, and then if you didn't have an eight a.m. class, you had to do film or you had to get a lift in or all that shit. And like in the moment when you're younger like that, you're like, "Fuck this, this is fucking stupid. I'm never doing this again." But then. <laughs> my buddies were saying how they structure their day like that with their careers and jobs now. And they've come to find that that monotonous, boring routine is actually what is like the, gives them a leg up with their job and stuff like that, because they're, they're waking up at five and going to the gym. And then, you know, they have a couple hours, like you said, to just chill, decompress, figure out what they got going ahead of the day. And then like, say if they have a bad day at work or say something comes up, then they already have that workout done. And come five o'clock, if nothing else needs to get done, they're like, all right, shit, I'm chilling for the rest of the day. And I got everything done. Whereas, um, you know, when, when you, when you're younger, you try to push it off. Cause you're like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then obviously other things come up and then you never really get it fucking done. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest reason why people struggle with like finding a time to work out. It's not because they don't want to, it's because they choose to do it, you know, after work where like things come up, people are like, Oh, do you want to go get dinner? Like, do you want to grab a drink? Or like, you know, you just have to work late. And then like your workout always gets pushed back. Where like, for me, like I had to make a list of priorities in my life because of how much limited time I have. And I put number one, my health. Like, no matter what, like, I'm sorry, like, I have to ditch plans with friends or, like, I can't go to that drink after work. Like, no matter what, like, I will always put my health first. We're, yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm the same way. And as corny as and cliche as it sounds, like, you know, they say health is wealth, but it's it almost is. like in a way where, no, yeah, because if you're, if you're sick or you don't feel well and stuff like that, I feel like that, like, takes away from everything. Yeah, it honestly does. Um, and now like, you know, moving off of that, uh, what like think going back to Mercyhurst, I know we're kind of all over the place here, um, (laughs) but there's really no structure to it. So, um, going back to Mercyhurst, did you find that Mercyhurst or school in general kind of, uh, prepared you for the real world and like what's to come with what you're doing with your business, working the job and stuff, or, what you're doing have you had to learn basically by getting slapped in the face with by the real world yeah so I mean like I will never change my experience but if someone asked me right now and they're like in the same path I am like would you go to school I would probably say no like with what I do now I've taught myself almost everything or I've Mm -hmm. learned it in jobs previous like I don't think any of the skills I really have, I really learned from sitting in class at Mercyhurst. Maybe FIT because those professors were in the fashion industry. They weren't just professors. Um, and I don't want to shit on Mercyhurst at all. Like, I, I loved everyone there. But I think that their their programming needs a little work. Um, like, mm-hmm. I hate to say this because I, I do love the professors, but all they ever did was teach. They never worked in the industry before. So they only knew what they heard, you know, like they didn't really know actually what. And like, they Mm -hmm. didn't teach us, they didn't teach us Excel. Like they didn't teach us like Adobe, like things that I use daily that like everyone kind of needs to know, especially Excel. And like, I just feel like it's on like the wrong things. Like I took a class on like, what color should you wear with this hair color? Like, (laughs) why, why do I need to know that right now? You know? So it was like, I just think that they, they need to like kind of reprogram that. 
Um, and it's just like the fact that school is so, so expensive and like, I'm going to be paying off my student loans for so long that I think mm-hmm. like we should just like, and I, I see this shift coming in the future that we need to go back to like apprenticeships, like where you just like work under someone in a job that you want to do, you know, for a few years and just learn everything you can from them. Cause like, that's honestly the best way to learn any skill or trade. And I know like, certain like professions, like where that doesn't really work, but if, like, if you're like in the creative field, like I think that's the best path to go. No, I completely agree. I'm actually really outspoken about it. Um, just because I was fortunate enough to get college paid for, um, with scholarships, (laughs) grants, like, but like my mom having me so young, she had me at 17. I pretty much say this on every fucking podcast, but she had me at 17, (laughs) raised me, raised me, um, on her own and never like no welfare, no food stamps, like none of that shit. So like, she was always like, when I was in school, she, she was like, if you're not getting a scholarship for a sport, your grades better be fucking as close to a hundred as possible. Even though they weren't like my, I think I graduated high school, like around like a 91, 92, maybe, but I made an effort to make sure I was in every honor society, um, doing clubs mm-hmm. and doing all these things. Cause she was always like, yeah. this is what will get school paid for. And then obviously financial aid, single parent, um, and then grants yeah. I applied for and stuff like that. So like, between that lacrosse and all the other things I applied for and did, I got uh, school paid for. And now that's that, so impressive, like saying, John. Uh, well, I didn't, I, that's all on her. That has nothing to do with me. That's all. And I know, like I was talking with Ben Brooks about it and Derek Richards and Ben and Derek were like, yeah, but you do have to take some of the credit because you still did do it and you didn't turn yeah, out. Yeah, you be... did the work. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, they were like, you didn't turn out to be a shithead. Like, m- I don't want to say most kids, like that's not the right term, but like a lot of kids that come from that situation go the complete opposite direction. But I was just so, I was just so fucking scared of my mom that I was just like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I was going to do with these size. Not like scared, like she's going to, not scared like she's gonna hit me or something but more scared yeah, of like yeah, just yeah. disappointing her and letting yeah, her down um and so she always had to go against the grain and do things the exact opposite way and she always tells me like as a joke not in like a um like a rude ignorant conceited way but just more so if she's like john uh because something happened the other night and i was laughing at her and she goes what i, t- I she goes i've been telling you this since i was a kid if i want something i get it hell or high water this oh is my how God. it goes and I so love that energy uh, and so that's like kind of like why I am the way I am is like ever since I was little she was the one uh boosting me 24 7 putting that battery in my back um about things and she was always like the first time I noticed it to your point I know this is getting a little long-winded was um is that like I remember I had to do another math credit for my senior year of high school and it was between calculus or life math. And when Mm -hmm. I was picking my classes and like you had, you had to have your like parents sign off on it before you met with the guidance counselor. And my mom was like, take life math. And my counselor was like, no, you should take calculus. And wait, what is life math? Is that like taxes and stuff? Taxes, balancing checkbooks and like just basic accounting. Yeah. Why did my school have that? I don't, uh, well, Lancaster's massive. Lancaster, there was, there was, I, I want to say my graduating class was like maybe like 514, 515. So there was easily over 2000 Damn. kids in that high school. Um, my graduating class so, is like 84. <laughs> yeah, no, see, Lancaster is huge. Lancaster is like an Orchard Park, uh, like yeah. an Orchard Park size school. Um, and so my mom was like, why? He's already, he already, because I already committed to play lacrosse. So like I was already accepted into the school, early admission, all that. And my mom's like, why does he need to take calculus 
in the guidance counselor was pretty much like, well, it's going to look better for college. He might have to take it in college. So already starting to take it now. And I was like, yeah, but he doesn't want to be an engineer. He doesn't want to be a scientist. He doesn't want to be anything that involves math to that degree. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't he take life math? And I, you know, pretty much I ended up taking calculus. I ended up uh, not doing so well. My mom's always like, you should have took life math, but it was pretty much like my mom was saying, she was like, you know, school is kind of, it's not that it's, it's outdated, but by the time we graduate, everything that we learned will be outdated because the way technology carries the future forward is like, we're not learning the nuances and things. So like now how I look at it is more so of like, okay, I got school paid for. So I have no student loan debt. I have no debt at all. Cause I just got a credit Amazing. card two years ago. So, <laughs> and then I look at it with being around business minded people. Cause I started doing real estate when I was a sophomore, having business mentors, and then literally having no shame and asking people that I see driving a Lambo or Ferrari being like, yo, how'd you make your money? I, and then Love a lot that. of them being like, well, it's not my salary, it's my investments. And I'm like, oh, really? So it doesn't really matter what you make. It doesn't really matter what your salary is. It's more so what investments you make. What type of investments do you have? And then they started to teach me that. So I took back to Mercyhurst. I took a financial management and a couple business classes at Mercyhurst. They didn't teach me a fucking thing about any of that. And oh, I was like- God. I was like, a lot of people don't even know what compounding interest is and how if most of us pay, say, 150, 200, 3, 4, 500 a month in student loans, if you were to put mm-hmm. that into a compounded interest fund every single month, like you would do your student loans, after 20 to 30 years, you'd, ha- you'd be sitting on millions. And that doesn't even include your 401k, your Roth IRA, any of that shit. So, you know, back to what you were saying was, uh, I think, and I don't think it's on every parent to teach that their kids this because not every parent, one, knows this information, two, right. might not be in a situation where they can teach their kids that. So I right. think that school, in a way, should be, at least at the high school level, be like, yo, if you're not sure if you want to go to college, maybe try a trade or maybe do, like right. you were saying, an apprenticeship or because any person that I've gotten uh, mentorship in real estate or in business as well. I've literally just been like, yo, I'll work for free. Like, I don't have any value to offer you, but don't, but I can offer you my time and right. I won't work for a penny. I just want to know how you built your business. I want to know what investments you made. I want to learn from your mistakes so that I am farther along. Not that it's about like where I am at at a specific age, but it's more so of like school's not teaching us this shit. And I feel as though no. if like they did so many people who do different things. And you're the first person I heard ever say that if you go back in time, you wouldn't go to school. Yeah, no. I think it's bullshit that, like, high school's college. Like, they think it's, like, so bad if you don't go to college. And, like, there's so much hype about, like, going to university. Like, no one, like, suggests, like, going to community college and stuff. Like, I I mean, I hated my hometown. So, like, I probably would have never done that anyways. But, like, uh-huh. we really should push people to, like, take a couple years off. Like, I was even saying, like, college last year during the pandemic, and I had to do all my classes through my computer. Like, I did the math one time. It was $75 to go to a class at Mercyhurst. Like, each class, you were paying $75. So, I never skipped because I knew that. But, like, you're just sitting at your laptop, probably, like, falling asleep or doing other shit, not paying attention. $75 a class. Like, I would have just taken a couple years off work to save money like you couldn't travel I guess but yeah just like work and save money and then resume later when like classes were back so like even that I think is crazy that people are paying so much money for these zoom classes 
No, completely. And I mean, I had great professors at Mercier, so I'm not knocking any of them. It's just more so of like the business of what college is, because like you were yeah. saying, these schools, they can, sh- you can't afford it, then they'll find someone else who can. Right. And I think like when you're in high school, this is like something like I didn't realize. I was like, okay, so you go to college, like you pay for it. And then like, that's right. And then my mom's like, no, like you're going to be in a ton of debt. Like it's not that cheap. And I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't know that. Like I didn't start saving until like my last, you know, senior year. Like, I think that's just like kids in high school don't realize that like how much that tuition is like going to affect your entire life paying it back off. Like, they just, like, make it seem like, oh, everyone does it. So, like, yeah, you can afford it. No, of course. And, like, that's the thing. Like, when you're that young, that's not – you're not – I say it all the time, and you'll laugh. Um, I don't need you to comment on it. But, like, when you're that young, (laughs) all you're thinking about is, like, where am I getting fucked up? And who am I hooking up with? Like, it's like, (laughs) where are my my friends going tonight? Like, those are your priorities. You're not really thinking about – you're not thinking about it like that. But that, like – that's the thing is like I'm fortunate enough that my mom was always in my ear about it because there was a school that I really really wanted to go to that recruited me um it was like one of my dream schools and they offered me 15 grand a semester and I was like let's fucking go I like this is a dream come true I want to go there and then my mom's like John the school's 59 a year you're not you really want to rack up almost 39,000 dollars in four years and I was just like well what's the big deal she goes look at it this way you go to a school where it's covered, that's like getting an imaginary check for 200K when you graduate or getting a bill for 200K when you graduate. And I'm like, oh, I'd rather Oof. take the imaginary check. She's like, yeah. So if you're good, you're good. If not, then it doesn't matter where you fucking go. And I was always yeah. like, okay, that makes more sense. But obviously, you know, as we get into the real world and then we, you know, become adults and we start to face these things, I've just heard so many conversations around like, what the fuck? Why wasn't I taught this? Or da 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 da. So I was like, you know, I, I always yeah. like to bring it up to people that that uh, that bring that up about like school. I would love to see a study in five years, like at the de- decrease of people entering college. Like I think with like just like social media and like everything out on the internet, I think kids are like starting to realize more and more, like, oh, I don't need to go to college. Like I really do think there's going to be a huge decrease. Yeah, and a lot of these um, big tech guys like Elon Musk, Bezos, and all that, they, like, even, like, listening to some of the things they say, they all say that, like, the only degree worth getting um, at the moment, obviously, like, that's their opinion. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not, like, a universal thing, but they say that the only degree that's even worth a degree nowadays is computer science or computer engineering or, tech, or like, yeah. a tech degree something, because... Um, I've heard people like 50 Cent and others be like, you know, and again, no knock against professors, but if you actually could run a successful business and knew how to do it, you wouldn't be teaching business. You'd be running the business. Yeah, that's so true. Oh my gosh. Now, um, back to you, speaking of business, back to your business, um, (laughs) you have your side hustle. Have you found, um, what's like the biggest thing that the biggest struggle you've had with it so far? And I know you said it's, um, it's been a side thing. It's not full-time yet, but like in the early stages of it would have been the the biggest struggles that you weren't prepared for. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just like getting even just like one bad review or like one person that wants to return something like that ruins my whole day. Like, so like, it's like trying to learn to like, just like not take these things personally. <clears throat> and it's just, that's just like the way of life. Like you just like have to have a hard shell 
And like, I know the bigger business gets, the more issues you come into that, like you're going to get a ton of bad reviews. Like not everyone's going to love your work. Um, you're not going to be able to ship everything fast enough. Like there's always going to be issues that pop up. So like, it's just like, that's going to be my biggest struggle. And I just need to like learn to deal with it and like, just kind of like get over it faster. Now, um, what did, where do you come up with your designs for your business? Like, where do you get your inspiration for it from? Cause I'm sure that you probably like I have with the podcast, it's like, okay, I have this idea. Um, uh-huh. and a couple of other things that I plan on doing that I haven't mentioned yet, but I have this idea, obviously when it's in your own head and it comes out of your own head, you're like, okay, it's the best of the fucking thing. And then you obviously are like, okay, well one, who's going to buy it? Who are yeah. my, who, who's going to be my customers? How am I going to market this? How, what are the, what is the packaging going to look like? Like I'm specifically talking about like clothes. Um, what is the packaging going to look like? What happens mm-hmm. if, and you start thinking of a million different things and it kind of in a way almost like holds you back. So like for you, you know, how is that process of like just getting it off the ground and getting it going? I think the best thing for me to do is not to consider it like a whole process. Like I have an idea, like let's not think about all the little steps that I need to do first. Like let's just let's just do it. Let's just design it real quick and see what happens. And then if I get super excited about it, I launch it almost immediately. Like my launch that I did Wednesday, I, mm-hmm. I designed that all last weekend and I made it all last weekend. Like that's how quick it is. Like I just get super passionate, excited about a design. And like, I honestly don't from John, like, like they just pop up in my head. Like if I'm in the shower, if I'm running, I'm just like, Oh, that'd be a good idea. And like, I think that might be like a really hard part of working full time is like, I get all these design ideas while I'm working. All I want to do is work on them. But I was like, fuck, I can't. So I like try to write it down. Um, and half the time I forget about them, but like, I don't know. I, I think like, just like focusing on like that hometown pride, like everyone wants to show either where they're from or where they're currently living So I feel like sometimes people like I'm personally not like a graphic t-shirt kind of person, but if it says like Raleigh on it, where I live now or like Buffalo, where I'm from, I'm like, hell yeah, I want it. So like, I think like, just like kind of feeding into like what makes that city special. is like the, probably the basis of my designs. One thing I've always wondered about fashion is there is a lot and not knocking, actually it's not going to knock anyone, but, but it's more so of like, I've seen a lot of things in fashion be high end. And it's like, that makes no sense to me. Like that is the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. So I'm always curious because there was a girl I had on here um, a couple episodes ago, Sarah, she uh, owns the lounge shop Buffalo. And that was something I said to her. I was like, how do you, or no, not, not Sarah from lounge shop. It was uh, Taylor Balbeers for T boutique. And she was saying she never really, she, yeah, she was saying that she never thought of herself as like um, someone that can design or anything like that. And when I hear things like that, I almost laugh in a way because I'm like, have you seen some of the clothes that a lot of like celebrities wear <laughs> or some athletes wear? And it's like, that is fucking hideous. So how could you not think, not in like an ego way or not like I'm better than you way, but it's like, how can you not look at that and be like, I could make something like that, if not better? Um yeah. Do you have thoughts like that at all or? Yeah. No. So like, this is actually something I always struggled with because I did study fashion, but I was never a high fashion person. I'm not a designer person. Like I will never have a designer purse because honestly, I'd much rather go on vacation than spend $2,000 on a purse. So like I had friends who were like, I want to work for Chanel. I want to work for Louis Vuitton. And I do have friends that work for Louis Vuitton, 
but like that just wasn't me so like when I was studying fashion I was like I want to do more of like the items that people wear every day that's something that's more simple like like even athletic wear just like what I do now is just like almost anyone can wear so like I never really got intimidated by that fact like once I started this business because I was like you know what like if majority people like it then like that's all I need to do and like yeah same thing like you said like I'm looking at all this NFL gear like these jerseys these sweatshirts that sell for like hundred dollars seventy five dollars fifty dollars and I'm like okay that's literally just a design on a t-shirt I can do that so like I started doing it and there's definitely some like legal limitations like I can't have just like Buffalo Bills with like their logo or else like obviously like I'll get in trouble so like Uh you have to be creative with like different ways to do it and I think like just knowing what makes like the Buffalo Bills special like you know Bills Mafia the Zubas print like that just like knowing those little things like make it even more special because like oh not everyone has this design like I don't have the same jersey as everyone else so like yeah like you said like I just like look at something like oh I could do that even better (laughs) Yeah, there's a um, there's a girl. Her name's Madeline. She is on social media. She's Buffalo Food Slot, and she oh, I made. Her. Yeah, she's um she's gonna be coming on in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to have her on. Um, and she the hats that she always wears that's like for her brand is literally like you don't see the girl's whole face. It's like her nose down, but it's uh, a girl eating a chicken wing with like blue cheese dripping off it. And like, that's like her logo. And it's like, that's I so, love that. that's like so creative because it's just like, that's like, that's a Buffalo thing. Like everyone in Buffalo, yeah. whether you're a guy, girl, like whatever, like you're all, it's come Sundays watching the Bills eating chicken wings, Mao and chicken wings. So like, yeah. that is like, I see that I messaged her too. I'm like, Hey, do you sell hoodies of these? And she's just like, no, not yet. And I'm just like, I would rock the shit out of one of those hoodies. That's, that's sweet. Definitely. Like that's like a, an original design. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you was just because you've been uh, blasting in on social media, which I'm not chirping you, so don't take it that way, is you recently <laughs> went to Tul- you recently went to Tulum. Yes. It was actually like a three day trip. So like I'm making it seem like I was there for like a month on my Instagram just I got so much content that I need to share. Um, but yeah, it was like my first time anywhere tropical like that. And I was so lucky to have two friends that, you know, visit Mexico often. Um, and they both speak Spanish. So like they knew exactly where to take me. Like they showed me like some special areas and like a magical weekend. Um, like it got me so excited that like we can travel again. Like I'm I'm so excited for like my future travel plans now. Yeah. And again, not to like chirp you, but whenever I like, cause I, cause obviously I feel like I follow you and stuff like that. And I saw mm-hmm. that you went and then like a couple like posts, like a couple days later, it kept being like pictures from Tulum and it <laughs> always like, and I hate that it's like ingrained in my head, but um, on Drake's Scorpion album, I don't remember what song it was, but he was basically saying how he's like, I knew a girl that went to Rome and all she did was yeah so that she could post when she got back home and I was just like yeah what the fuck but yeah it's like I said not chirping yeah no I just thought like I hear like sometimes I hear lyrics like that in songs and I just laugh and I'm just like yeah we're all guilty of doing that shit um but one thing that I wanted to ask you about the travels with Tulum was two things like one has it changed your perspective and outlook on life at all not completely but just a little bit because when I, cause I've been a lot of places like Spain, Mexico, Germany, um, yeah. you know, lived in Boston, lived in Denver, traveled to Cali, all these different places. And the one thing that I love about traveling is that it's like, um, not to sound corny, but there's always like a universal language. Like everyone, 
understands like love in their own yeah. way. Like everyone operates differently, but at the same time, everyone is so different that it's just like, to me, it's like, wow, like we really are so small on this like gravity floating rock in the universe that we call earth that it's like, it makes me want to see what's out there. And then yeah. the perspective shift for me is that it's like with the, you know, with me doing business and stuff like that, it makes me want to be so su- fucking successful that I yes. can have the ability to just go to as many places as possible and go to some of the craziest places, like going on a safari in Africa and like just yes. some of the craziest things. So like to with you, is that like similar or like? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think the biggest inspiration from Tulum was just seeing how hard everyone works there. Like everyone just hustles nonstop. And I was like, this is so inspiring. Um, And I mean, I didn't really get any like art ideas from Tulum, but like, just like you said, like, it just makes me want to be successful. Like my five-year plan is to get a van and turn into a van life. Like I just want to travel all around the United States. Like I'd want to live in a van. Like I am more than happy with doing that. Um, so like, I, that's what I want to do. I just like want to get my business to a point where I'm able to do that. Like that is like my number one goal. Like I said, I don't need designer handbags or anything. Like I don't need a big fancy house, a fancy car. Like I just want to see the world, honestly. Have you watched that new Netflix show? It's like the most amazing vacation rentals. No, I haven't. I need to though. Uh, yeah. When we're done here, I'll send you the link to it. But this guy, uh, Luis D. Ortiz, he used to be one of the uh, brokers that was on Million Dollar Listing New York. Oh, and yeah. yeah, he was like the little, uh, the well, not a little guy, but like the other dudes are all like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so like he was the smaller one of them. He hasn't been on in a couple <laughs> of seasons. But um, yeah, he started that show. And basically it's like with an interior designer and a girl that tra- that's a travel blogger or travels all the time. And he basically was saying how he's just like, luxury high-end luxury real estate in New York City for the past 12 years I've lived in France and now I want to like try to uncover like the real luxuries and he it's basically like a show about all like how you could travel to some of the most amazing places for cheap and he went to he went to Bali Alaska Kenya like some of the craziest places and it's all cheap and people get that misconception that like to travel you need to have a lot of money but if you do it right you can really go a lot of places on a budget and still experience yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. So like, I actually like, I'm going to test out the van life at the end of July. Um, me and my friend are starting in Portland and driving a camper van that we rented out um, all the way up uh-huh. to Seattle and hitting like national parks along the entire way. Um, going up to Montana and then to Yellowstone and then ending in Salt Lake city. So like, this will be a really good test run to see if like I can go like, you know, a couple days without showering and like, living in, in like a such a small area but like I'm so so excited for it I had a uh, buddy that was on and he after he graduated he lived on a fishing boat in Alaska for 16 for 16 weeks and I think he said for Whoa. like the first week yeah he said like the first week they couldn't shower and he was just like I'm not gonna lie to you he goes it was pretty grimy he goes but it was Ooh. an experience <laughs> I guess you just kind of get used to the stink at some point <laughs> yeah and he's just like I was just thinking to myself I'm like bro I shower like three times a day I'm like I'm a little OCD <laughs> when it comes to that maybe I'm a pretty boy but um, what is uh what is like now what is your what are your thoughts on the whole because I think that it's ass backwards and I think it's fucking stupid, but it's just my opinion, of course, that a lot of people our age or a lot of people that, you know, 
are considered our generation don't necessarily travel as much because they're so focused on like saving for retirement and all that stuff. But it's like one of those things where it's just like, okay, yeah, you won't have, you won't have a lot of memories to look back on while you're young. And Mm -hmm. then, but, and then on the switch side, it's like, well, if you wait, you start having kids, you start having a family, you advance in your career. So it's like, it's kind of like that. I don't know, like that pendulum of just like, do I do it? Do I not do it? Because it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to have more responsibilities in the future, but then it's just like, well, if, I don't really save for the future. I might not have a future. Obviously you will have a future, but you know what I mean by that. So like with you, how do you, how does it like play out in your mind to do that? Yeah. So I think like it's each to its own. Like I definitely have friends that, you know, save, 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 like trying to buy a house in the next couple of years. Like they just want to have kids right away. And like, that's great. But like, that's just not me. Like, I don't even know if I want kids. Like, marriage, eh, it doesn't seem that great to me. So, like, I just want to, like, enjoy life right now while I'm young and active. Like, I don't want to wait until I'm old. Like, my joints hurt. I can't go on this hike anymore. Like, I traveled all the way across the country and I can't, you know, I can't even function. Like, I want to do it now while I can. And, like, yeah, I definitely am not saving nearly as much as everyone else. But, like, I don't care. Like, I'm still happy even though I don't have as much money in the bank. Like, as long as I travel and like see different parts of the world and like that's always going to give me inspiration like that's always going to give me more drive and like I don't know where I want to like settle down one day like I'm not just going to pick like probably be like yeah this seems nice like let's just stay here the rest of my life like I want to see all my options it's like when you're like looking to buy a house you're not just going to buy the first one that you know seems okay like you got to see like all of the best options so like that's how I feel about like settling down someday no I I feel the exact same way I actually um because when I was in Boston, I was doing real estate and then I went broke living there, which I don't really give a fuck. I don't look at that as a failure just because of yeah. all the shit that I got to do. Um, exactly. And and then I came back home, was in Buffalo for a year and then went out to Denver. Pandemic hit. Denver didn't work out. So now I'm back <laughs> in Buffalo, but I'm looking to move again. Um, and the one thing that I've come to realize is like, I'm like, wow, I've really wasted a lot of fucking time because <laughs> I, have, I haven't wanted to work a nine to five because I'm like, that's just not me. But with real estate, doing deals here and there, that's also not really building a career of any sorts, because like you were saying, you don't know where you want to, you don't know where you want to plant your roots and stay for a while or potentially have a family and stuff like that. But with real estate, it's like, it's one of those long-term things where it's like, you can't just like go somewhere for a year, expect to build a business and then go somewhere else. So like now that like I've been doing it so much, I'm just like, okay. I still am like, I don't know per se what the, where the fuck I want to be. Like, obviously I love Buffalo. It's home, (laughs) but it's like, if my family wasn't living here, I wouldn't be living here. Um, No knock against it. It's home. But, and so like, for me, I was just like, I'm at a point now where it's like, okay, I'm going to still keep my license. I'm going to do the shit on the side, but now I'm looking for something that's remote so I can travel. Right. Where, how do you, how, when, what would be, and I'm asking this for me and then anyone else that's like trying to figure it out is how are you for you and yourself, like going to know that like, okay, this is the place I want to be. Cause I feel like with us and our generation and whether it's social media or our friends being all over the place, we have so many options that we almost in a way are like, I don't know what the fucking pick. But if, (laughs) like you said, New York city, you didn't experience New York city, like everyone else experiences it. And then like, I like, I love Boston, but I know people that fucking hate Boston. So it's like, you know, for you personally, like, how are you going to know when it's like, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to post up. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think living in New York City was a great lesson. Like, okay, like, I do like the city, but, like, I miss nature so much. Like, wherever I live in the future, like, I have to have some sort of nature. Um, And then living in, you know, Olean slash Buffalo, I quickly learned I hate snow. So I was like, okay, wherever I live, like, can't be too snowy. Um, And, Mm -hmm. like, now that I live in Raleigh, there's really not any mountains anywhere. Like, everyone's like, oh, Raleigh's great because you're two hours from the beach, you're two hours from the mountain. And, like, that's great. But you can't just, like, go there for a morning hike. Like, you can't just go there for a beach run. Like, you have to kind of plan the whole weekend around it. So, like, I want to live somewhere where I can just, like, wake up, go for a hike or, like, wake up, go to the beach. Like, so, like, I did, like, consider Denver for a while. Um, The only thing I'm like, eh, maybe not is just because of the snow. But um, it's still definitely, like, an option. I just need to see, like, other places first. Uh, Yeah, Denver, I'll tell you right now, is you have to spend a decent amount of time there. Not because it's, like, hard to like or anything like that. It's not. It's fucking beautiful. And not to be corny, it's a a little breathtaking almost. Yeah. Um, I know when I first got there, Zach Rowe and his brother took me to Flagstaff Mountain in Boulder and it's like a lookout and it's like right at it's right at the top so Boulder's campus is right at the foot at the yeah the base I went on of, a hike really close to that yeah so it's like you're up there and you're looking out you can't hear a thing and you yes. just see mountains for miles and then you look to your right and you can oversee the entire city of uh Boulder the campus everything and I just remember being like like looking at him looking at Austin and I was just like I'm never fucking leaving like who would not want to live in a place like this but like you said it's uh pictures and videos don't do justice for you and like the other thing about nature um I haven't really said this before on the podcast but you said you like nature so I feel like you can attest to it is him and I Zachary and I went on a hike um in Boulder I forget where it was but it wasn't um near Flagstaff and it wasn't by the Flatirons and we were so high up that it felt like you could literally see for like miles and I couldn't hear a sound you obviously saw like elk and like other things like that and I was saying I'm like dude when when you're this high up or even when you're in like a part of nature like this you feel like you're almost in a way like on top of the world and nothing else matters yeah that's like see I grew up like on a hundred acres of land with no neighbors so like I got I, I, I grew up with that like I grew up with that feeling of like complete silence like we had these huge rocks, like one of them's like the highest, highest point in Western New York. And I would just sit on top of that rock, like overlooking just all of Olean and stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. So like, I'm, I am looking for something that gives me that feeling like the next place I live for sure. So like from your travel experiences, cause you know, obviously you were just in Tulum, you know, you, you're living in North Carolina, you were in New York city, which is probably the biggest culture cultured place in the u.s oh yeah um, being the biggest city and it's just like the biggest melting pot um and then obviously going away to school meeting all the characters that you meet at mercyhurst because i think everyone's a character in their own way not oh in a bad God, way yeah. but just everyone <laughs> is just like everyone is a, in I a love good way. It. like everyone's like yeah like everyone's a clown but in in a good way in their own way what have been what has been like the biggest uh life lessons if any that you've learned just in general from traveling and then you've learned about yourself from traveling yeah I think like just like going at it with no fear like I I did a 17 hour road trip all by myself from Denver to Phoenix a couple years ago and like I was a little nervous but like I am so glad I did it on my own because I learned that I'm okay 
being by myself. Like I'm okay with being my, with my own thoughts. I don't need to constantly be with someone. And I've learned that like, that's actually good for me to like have alone time and to focus on myself. So I think like, that's the biggest thing. It's just like learning to just go at things with no fear and just like doing it for the experience. Like it might be a little scary, but just do it anyways. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I I know like traveling, like for my mom, she, she gets anxiety traveling sometimes. Like she's never been to Europe or anything. And it's like, I'm not going to let that get in the way of it when you can experience all these magical things. And like you said, so many different cultures and stuff like New York city is terrifying. Like I didn't, I wasn't excited about moving there. I just knew I kind of had to, but like when you're up there on that rooftop, just like at night looking at the sunset and you see the whole city in front of you, it's like, okay, damn, like, I'm so glad I did this. Like, I always said, like, I had a love-hate relationship with New York City. Like, some days I'd walk out of the office, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this city. Like, it's so beautiful. Look look at everyone around you. Like, look at these buildings. And then, like, the next day, like, a homeless person would try to pee on me. And I'd be like, okay, fucking hate this place. <laughs> like, it's just, it's unlike anything. And, like, I always say, it's like, you can live in New York City. You can pretty much live anywhere. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I've never... I've never lived in New York City, um, and there is a job that I recently applied for that is there, which it's the only the only way I would ever live there is a, um, to is a, getting that job. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I could you could have Jesse tell you what that is. I told her, but I'm not putting it out okay. here on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but I hate. I don't know how you felt, but like all the times I've gone there, I've loved going there because I don't think there's another city that's like it. I to no. me, I think it's one of the greatest places on earth. It However, is. though, like in the in the summer, it Ugh. smells like shit. The, <laughs> it smells I, so bad. I, absolutely, without a doubt, not even questions asked. Like I told my my buddy Joe just moved there, and our, a couple of our other buddies were planning a trip to go visit him. And our one buddy's like, "I've never been to Times Square." I'm like, "Dude, you could do that." I'm not going. To, I'm I'm not yeah, going to Times Square. I will never go I'm there not, again. I was like, I hate, I like, it's cool seeing it like during the day and then seeing it at night. But after that, once, fuck that. I want nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I want nothing to do with Times Square. Are you, do you feel the same way? Cause I feel like everyone says that yes. about Times Square. So I actually lived two blocks away from Times Square, which where I lived was great. It was like Hell's Kitchen by the water, but I would have to mm. go around. Like I would go 30 minutes out of my way around Times Square to get to work instead of just walking through it. Like that's how much I hated it. Yeah, no. And I, that's the thing. Like, we were, I want to say we were maybe Battery Park, because that's Lower Manhattan, right? Yep, that's by, like, the Statue of Liberty Financial District. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, right by the Financial District. That's where we were. And we were riding, we were riding those, like, bikes. And I remember yeah, we, were stopped, we were stopped. Yep, those things are fun as fuck. <laughs> and, I, that was my mode of transportation for a while. I also, like, got but, hit while riding one. But, you know, that's another story. <laughs> oh that's like full elf um (laughs) so so uh yeah and we were at like a little stoplight because there was a shit ton of traffic and we were just like sitting there waiting looking around the city and all of a sudden like something smelled and i'm like i'm like what the Mm -hmm. fuck is that smell and we turn and look and there's a homeless dude face down on the sidewalk and literally just like pissing himself i'm like yeah what is going on like you like I said, it's it's weird because like the city is so glamorous, but at the same time, it's so fucking dirty. So disgusting, especially in the summer. All you smell is piss. Yeah, and like trash, and like the one time yep. we saw a rat, and I never jumped so high in my life. I was like, not. Nah, <laughs> okay, those rats are the size of a cat, though, so that's understandable. Literally, that's yeah, and like the subway ones too. Like, not nah, on that. Yeah. what um now what you know kind of like wrapping it up here we've been talking for a little bit what have been I know I asked you about the travel but 
you know, being in New York City, the shark tank that it is, and obviously it's relentless in all facets, you know, emotionally, financially, just it, just overall mm-hmm. relentless. I mean, that's why it's, they say if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere. Um, what have been the biggest things you've learned about yourself since that, you know, reflecting on your time in New York City that you had that you've learned about yourself, if anything, and then so far in Carolina that you've learned? I know you said that with the traveling, you've learned, you know, you're okay being with yourself and being with your own thoughts. But has there been anything else that strictly came from New York or strictly came from Carolina? Yeah. Honestly, just do anything if you put your mind to it. Like, you just like, even if like life's a little hard, like just keep pushing and like eventually it will get better. Like there'd be days where like, I absolutely did not want to get on that subway and go to work. Like, or like, I'd be terrified, like, you know, 2am on the subway. I was like, oh shit, like, is it going to be okay? Like, is there going to be like a homeless person or something? But like, you just like, it's going to be okay. Like, you'll just get through it. Like, life's hardest moments will pass by. Mm-hmm. And then the last couple things I have for you, which I don't know, I stole this. I'm not even gonna lie. I, st- I took this from Jay Shetty's podcast because he asked two of these questions. So I'm not gonna <laughs> front like they're my own questions. I just thought they were good. Um, which Jay Shetty, if you're listening, when you come on my podcast, you can yell at me for it. Um, <laughs> manifesting that. But what is the what is the worst advice you've ever received? Oh my god, worst advice I've ever received. Um, maybe like when I was like super unhappy, like working for Nike in New York City, and I was already there for like a year. I was like, just keep pushing, pushing through for another year. Like, what's another? Just like keep pushing through, it'll get better. Like. I wish they would have just been like, you know what, like, maybe you should like look at some other options. Like, maybe you should like, maybe look at a different city. Maybe you should like apply for other jobs. Like, I feel like if you're unhappy, like, don't just settle in like wishing that it's going to get better. Like, do something about it. And what is your thought? Like, this isn't from Jay Shay. This is just something that popped up just because of what you've been talking about. What is um, your thought on change? Like, why do you think it's so scary for so many people? Um, we are creatures of habit. So I think that once you're in that habit, you feel comfortable. Um, and you don't know that like a change could bring some greatness in your life. You don't know like what change could actually do for you. So it's like, I think it's that unknown that's so scary to people where like, you just got to take a chance and like, you're not gonna get any better yourself if you don't, you know, push yourself. So like, I think change is just is scary because of the unknown, but like, there's just so many great things that can happen from it you just have to take the chance. And what is the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, I don't know. I guess just keep, keep pushing, keep working hard, keep grinding. I mean, I, I hear that advice a lot, but I mean, it's the only way you're going to make it. It's not just going to happen. It's not just going to fall into your lap. Mm-hmm. And then the last and final question I have for you is if you could meet 18 year old Jocelyn today, what would you tell her about the ups and downs in life? And then what would you tell her as a piece of wise words to carry with her moving forward in life? So that's two parts. Um, I would tell her that being single is the best thing that can happen to you. So like, don't get upset if you're single, Um, that life will always get better. You're going to have a really cute furry golden retriever soon. So like, that's the best thing that's going to happen to you. Um, And then I mean, I wouldn't really change anything about me when I was 18, but like I said before, maybe, maybe don't go to college. I thought, I thought, I thought you had a boyfriend. No. 
Oh, okay. Well, I could. You want me to cut that out? Can <laughs> I edit this? Um, that's up to you. <laughs> well, it's up to you. I didn't. I I was just assuming based on what I saw on Instagram. Um, no, we broke up like a few months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. No, no, that no, no, no. It's like it's like I said. Like being single is fantastic, and like this is like I always. I'm always single for like a couple years at a time, and that that's uh-huh. when I like grow the most. So like yeah. I am like I'm a, I'm so happy right now that I'm single. Like I I can like focus on myself and like be selfish. Like only worry about me. I actually lied. So I do have another question for you and we'll leave it at this. Why <laughs> do you think um and I mean I'm I've been geez, I couldn't tell you the last time I had a girlfriend. I probably was like high school. Um <laughs> but the but it's not something that bothers me. Um and it's a, a a lot of times I hear a lot of friends being like, When are you getting a girl, when are you getting a girl, oh well dude, you are getting older, you you know, you're twenty seven, you're gonna be twenty eight next year, Ugh. you're gonna you're closer to thirty. Sure. It's like and it's just like, yeah, so like for like me personally, I never understand it. But, um, you know, my mom's always told me that people have a lot of uh, people have a very, very hard time grasping the idea that you can be independent and you could be happy with yourself. Um, and a lot of people, you know, think that happiness comes from other people. So like for and that's not her shitting on it. That's just her like giving her, you know, her opinion and two cents on it, because I feel the right. same way. Like, I, yeah, I'd like I. I love myself. I love my alone time and all that. So like for you, what is your like opinion on all that? Cause like you said, you hate that pressure. So like, why do you think uh, people fall in that trap of like, I need to find someone not, not like, not, I'm not saying that you don't need anyone. I'm everyone yeah. obviously wants that intimate connection to right. have a life partner to do things with. I do, you do, we all do, but from not that perspective, but the perspective of like, the thought of like, oh, I need to have someone by a certain age or, or you know, I want to have kids. And if I don't have them by this age, then I'm not gonna, I'm going to be old and like all these different like societal pressures. Like, yeah, your opinion that's, on that? that's exactly what it is. It's just society like telling us what we should be doing, where it's like, no, no one needs to be telling me what I should be doing. Like, yeah, there is a time clock. But with like science these days, like it's it's not so strict anymore. Like I my goal is like if I do want kids, like I'll have them when I'm 45. Like. I'll freeze my eggs. Like, at least I have that option. Like, back then he didn't. So times are different. But, like, uh-huh. yeah. Like, and I'm so lucky that my family doesn't pressure me. They're not like, oh, when you need a boyfriend. Like, my grandma's just like, I am so happy you're single. I'm so happy you're taking this time. Because no one else in my family did that. You know? So, mm-hmm. like, I think it's I think it's so important. Like, no matter what. Like, yeah, I'm 25. Like, going on 26. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as I have like my company, like that's my goal. Like, I just want to be mm-hmm. successful with my company. Like I don't need to be married at a certain age and have kids at a certain age to be happy. Absolutely. And I, again, I lied. So don't, I'm not a liar. I just keep thinking <laughs> of things. Um, but what is the last, very last question I have for you? And then we'll wrap it up. What is success to you? Um, success is just like being happy with yourself. Like, I don't think it comes to a certain number of like money or anything like that I think it's just like are you truly happy with yourself that's what I think success is I love it so that will we'll end the podcast on that so again I thank you actually I lied again third time's trying um, <laughs> where can sorry where can people uh where can people oh. find you in yes. your uh your golden cheek uh yeah, business so please follow me on instagram it's golden cheek creation um golden c-h-i-c creations um i also have a website called www.goldenchicreations.com so yes please follow me if you want to see like funny videos of me dancing and like lots of content of my golden retriever 
That's awesome. So thank you for doing this. I know you're super busy, so I appreciate you taking out the time to uh Thank to you do so it. much. Yeah, of I had course. such a fun time. I can't yeah, wait for you to come visit us. Uh, yes, yes, I will. I told, uh, and I was telling Jesse too, like once I, because uh, I don't, I do this obviously how we're doing it. It's like a recorded call. But um, once I, you know, get mics and I can get multiple mics, like I definitely, um, like I was telling Ben and Derek, I definitely in the future going to have um, some funny ass episodes where I have multiple people on at once. And that oh, that is that that'll be even more fun because then it's like with like I was telling Jesse too is like that's when we can really get into like the funny storytelling of like what we experienced at Mercyhurst and just yes. like you know stories stories of us like growing up becoming adults and being in the real world and shit like that so I think like uh in the future it'll be even funnier yeah I can't wait for that so yeah again thank you and uh hope you have a great rest of your day thank you John see you soon see ya